Welcome to Wrestling Plays, GameStop's Wrestling Podcast, both wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I'm your host, Matt Elfring, back in the saddle of leading off the episode. And I'm Chris Hayner, GameSpot Entertainment Editor, Superstar, join the Dark Order, join DarkOrder.com. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Wrestle Buddies, starring Chris Hayner and featuring Matt Elfring on the drums. Hey, friends, welcome to <laughs> Wrestle Buddies, a podcast from GameSpot about wrestling and uh, friendship. Ooga. And we're just, uh, we're here debating what's the funniest date story you have. Chris on the line. Chris, you got a funny date story. What's happening? I tried to do a fart sound. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, we went over to the fart den. Fart den, what do you got for us? Oh, have, so have, bad. Have I ever told you about my 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 first date story with Lord Pumpernickel? No. Uh, we it was it was sort of a two day situation. We went to Disney World the first day, had a mm-hmm. really cool dinner. Next day, went to NXT, baby. That's why I thought it was appropriate to bring up here. It was Lord Pumpernickel's first ever NXT our first ever live wrestling show and they are now a big old fan uh we got a fun um interesting we got a returning champion michael returning champion another another fun boy michael kingston michael kingston headlock comics coming back to obviously promote the new tales from the road kickstarter but also to talk about wrestling because we like michael a lot and we like having him on not just but not just wrestling we talk about comics and content creation and the convention scene and all kinds of fun stuff so let us let's open the box of fun and get right to that interview that is a squeaky box opening i don't know if you can tell hey friends got a very special guest today returning champion the only type of champions we like uh Got a new Kickstarter coming out for his continuing series from Headlock, Tales from the Road. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Kingston, how are you, sir? I'm uh, doing well, doing well. Just, uh, you know, in the middle of uh, the Kickstarter lull, as we uh, as we call it. And, uh, Wait, to can, you, can you explain the Kickstarter lull? I'm very, I, I've never done a Kickstarter <laughs> and I'm very fascinated by the entire process because I just want to go fully fund everything. Right. So you, you get 30 some odd percent of your pledges at the beginning, the first uh-huh. two days and 30 some odd percent of your pledges in the last two days. And then mm. the rest of it is stretched out over 26 days. Oh, and so it's, <laughs> and it's just emotionally, it's emotionally brutal. Like the whole time we've been talking, I've had my, you know, my thing up watching it not move and I'm $375 from hitting the goal. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's just brutal. Um, and, you know, it's just like being on judgment. You know what I mean? Like you're just up on a pedestal for X mm-hmm. amount of time. And then, you know, I happen to pick the time to launch at the same time that Jimmy Palmiotti and Brian Polito have launched. And like Brian Polito has like $350,000 and Jimmy Palmiotti has like $60,000 and whatever. I mean, there are obviously names in comics and, you know, I mean, I'm not just, you know, uh, Iron Circus launched one yesterday and they got like 1,500 backers in an hour. And I mean, Spike kills it. She's awesome. You know what I mean? Like I just... It just, uh, you know, I'm, you know, and I, and I feel like there's a lot of people that would kill to have the numbers I have, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're always kind of just like, I just wish it would be a little easier, I guess. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> I mean, but you, you hit like 
85% of your goal in those first three days. Cause I remember like it going up and then seeing it get to 10,000, like almost right away. But it's not about the money for me. Like, no, I no, no. But I mean, money. it's just about, you know what I mean? For me, it's just about backers. It's about growing. It's about, uh, you know, like I put, I put my soul into everything that we do. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, you just want people to find it and enjoy it. And it's one of the things I think we've talked about it before, but about, you know, wrestling fans being not wrestling fans, but just being WWE fans or whatever. And like that part of it is hard, like trying to get past that wall with some people. And I know, like, I know like people would like it if they read it, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Just getting people, it's a war of attrition, you know, I'll do shows like in the same city for like, you know, four years in a row. And somebody's like, Oh, I'd come by every year. I'm going to buy it this year. And you know, and then they're on, they're on board. You know what I mean? Like once somebody's on, they're on, you know what I mean? I don't lose a ton of people, you know? Um, it's yeah, just, I believe um, I I think we actually did an interview when you launched volume two when I was at Comic Vine way back when. Right. And I remember coming to San Diego after that Kickstarter launched and meeting you and just buying everything and being on board with you. Got since then, actually. So eight years, seven? Been a minute. Remember. Yeah, I've been I've been doing this for almost 10 years. So it's just been a, wow. it's you know, and it's it's been challenging so like you know we we put out books we put out single issues first through uh through marcosia and you know the direct market's a nightmare for independence and for non-superhero stuff and i learned that the hard way obviously so mm-hmm. you know in some ways it was probably the best thing for me but you just don't know that at the time but um and then i just you know i just started touring and you know going to wrestling shows and just building an audience that way and then kickstarter became a thing and then that we sort of took off from there so even though we sort of launched into, you know, our first books came out in 2008, nine ish, you know, we didn't really take off until about 2014. Um, and since then we've, you know, put out six trades, um, you know, we get about one a year. It just, it'd be nice if I didn't have to shut everything down for, you know, a month to bang the drum as hard as I have to, but. Well, and now we're getting to a space where like, finally, like it's been a rough couple of past years, especially for conventions, wrestling mm-hmm. shows, whatnot. You were at, you guys were actually at near Comic-Con, right? Yes. Yep. But like, what, how, what's, what's that reaction? Like, as you're getting fans coming back up to you now who are like, they haven't been able to go to these things for the last year. And now they're, they're back and they come by the books. Oh, it was great. I mean, I had two books that I had produced that weren't at New York Comic-Con. We put out the hard way after the last New York comic-con and then uh, tales from the road volume one we did during the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's cool that, you know what I mean? Like people are just coming up and, you know, buying books and whatever, but like on some level, it's, it's hard to translate people from convention buyers to Kickstarter backers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's some people that are just going to wait and buy it at the show. And that's, that's tough. Cause I have a, I mean, I have a ton of readers. It's just, it's been hard for me, I think, because so many people are outside of the traditional comics apparatus mm-hmm. that uh, getting the, getting it to translate to Kickstarter. Um, so that part's been frustrating a little bit. Um, and then just there's just so much wrestling content out there now, you know. I mean, I got laughed what at are you, when I tried What are to you talking about? There's only wrestling on every single day of my life. But not even just wrestling, but like wrestling stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the shirts and there's so many things that people can spend their money on. And you know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to, you know, when I used to do shows, I mean, I was the only wrestling thing there because I mean, we, could, we, we opened the door for wrestling at like probably over a dozen shows that had like wrestling bands. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now it's just, it's, uh, it's tough. You know what I mean? Like AEW had a booth in New York this year and for years I've been the only wrestling booth in New York. Um, and that takes a bite. You know what I mean? Like that, like 12 people at the show and AEW had a booth at New York. That's so yeah. weird. It was just a merch booth, but they had people signing and, you know, yeah. it was, it was, you know, it was $75 to, you know, for, uh, to meet somebody, <laughs> which to me is, is, a little on the high side but you yeah. know i mean if people are willing to pay it um i just i it i take fan experience very seriously with everything i do because mm-hmm. i've been first and foremost a wrestling fan my whole life so like mm-hmm. you know having the only wrestling booth at new york for years and the only dedicated wrestling booth at san diego like i try to present cool stuff and i try to make sure that i have a good fan experience like i've had i've turned down wrestlers that have wanted to come to my booth that just you know they wanted to make too much money and i'm just like i'm not doing the the cattle sign 15 second you know stop pop snap go thing you know i'm gonna want people to be able to come to the booth and you know obviously you don't want people to talk for hours but you know what i mean you want to be able to at least be like hey you mattered to me you were part of my childhood you made me happy like thank you for what you do like you want people to have that interaction and not just you know what i mean a cash exchange for a, a transaction and and that's why I, I do kind of take it seriously. The wrestlers that I have at my booth and versus, uh, you know, the wrestlers I could have at my booth and mm-hmm. all of that, because I want people, I want people that want to be there. And it's the same thing with the books. I mean, the people who do stories, you know I mean? are good storytellers and people that are excited to work on comics and mm-hmm. whatnot, like, and that stuff, it, it makes a difference to me in terms of just hacking something out for a buck. So. And, and speaking of, uh, creators that you want working on the books you have tales from the tales from the road volume two uh who are some of the wrestlers that you've got writing stories on this one um so we have uh aj styles john morrison frankie kazarian uh matt cardona brian myers thunder rosa um dan Housen, danny limelight effie pentagon jeff cobb uh, crime time so i don't like the really promote it much because i feel like it's kind of whatever but like that was the last thing that shad did before he passed like i got those edits from oh like wow three, three days before he died um and like i love that man he was a supporter of mine from the beginning he was just the greatest dude ever and uh, i have to say it, it was really kind of beautiful seeing how like crime time never got i feel never got a full shake in wwe the way they should have and like the presentation was just kind of exactly what I would expect WWE to do, but like it's always it feels so good when it cut like when you realize like oh everybody in the business loved this person and just I feel like universally if, yeah I feel like unfortunately like if he had come up a few years later like mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing that would oh my god because we learn about that kind of stuff and I think that would have helped you know what I mean and unfortunately not fortunately unfortunately I think but people tend to at least whatever they, they think their public persona is or whatever the, the public persona that these people project like tends to have more influence on whether or not they like them as, you know, fake fighters than, mm-hmm. you know, their actual presentation. Like it would be interesting to me. I feel like Randy Savage would be destroyed in this day and age. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was, I don't want to say fortunate, but like he died before like a lot of the outrage happened, but that dude was not like a great human. And there's a ton of stories of him not being a great human. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody would have hated him, yeah. you know, but he's now, you know, sort of universally revered, you know what I mean? Because 
he got out before the you know the receipts started hitting yeah um you're like oh yeah he got in a fight with a waffle house because you know some dude was talking about his engagement and you know whatever jesus he kept um, his fiance locked in a hotel room right so i mean like those things are weird and like but you know i mean and by and large i mean my experience with wrestlers like a lot of them are just great just sweethearts yeah and you know but shad was i mean shad was like six something just brick you know like he was an mma dude like he could kill you mm-hmm. but he never made anybody feel like that like he could you know i mean people would flirt with his woman like in front of him and like he just didn't care like not didn't care but like he wouldn't be like that toxic man like he mm-hmm. was just he was just a good dude he was creative like i don't know like i love that dude like he was so much fun to be around he was always smiling like anybody that knew him will you know you'll never forget him um so that really uh you know i was really glad because i was supposed to do a story with a different tag team and then it had gotten sort of hung up with some i don't know corporate nonsense Mm -hmm. um and then so i was like hey i'm like we got you know i got a spot you want to do this thing and he's like oh yeah you know i love your books and whatever and it was great and but it uh you know so i'm glad we got to do it um it's uh it was good i had a couple of questions about the roster of writers you mentioned first of all and feel free not to answer this is dan Housen writing in character like i i I, like it's it's so rare that even in out of character interviews how the character seems to sneak in there like are you are you dealing with the man are you dealing with the character i gotta believe you're i gotta i pray to god you're dealing with the man because otherwise it sounds frustrating well it's funny because i've known him i knew him like for years oh okay well before the well before the makeup and all that stuff well before he became the internet's like the biggest wrestler on the internet he was like well the dynamite kid or not dynamite kid but uh he had like some weird name like gorgeous yeah thank you kid gorgeous Kid gorgeous Um, i love it so the interesting thing is that so that story is the the first story in the history of headlock that i didn't uh co-write so oh. actually land land pitts uh co-wrote that with dan Housen. oh you um, mean GameSpot freelancer Games, who GameSpot works with us dan <laughs> yes. so you know i we had talked before we came on the air but like one of the things that you know like the last year and a half has just been sort of emotionally brutal and there was a good, I don't know, maybe like three month period in my life where I just sort of like disassociated and just it worked and I slept and I didn't do anything else. And one of the sort of things I decided that if I was going to sort of exist in this world was that I wanted to do more sort of tangible things to, to help people like that I'm close to um, instead of, you know, just tweeting about what we should be doing politically or yeah you know whatever trump or joe manchin or Kristen cinema or whatever like because none of that you know it's, it's yelling into the void mm-hmm. um and i just i feel like i need to do more so i never wanted to be a publisher i just sort of backed into it you know what i mean like i just want to make comics i just right. want to make cool wrestling comics and you know the way things happened i kind of ended up doing this so one of the things that I, I'm planning on doing with Tales from the Road is I'm going to have, you know, two or three slots in every book going forward where I, I let some of my friends that are creators, um, 
you know, writers, I guess, more than artists, just because, I mean, I can work with artists anytime I want, um, have a slot. Um, maybe I'll pair them up with a wrestler or maybe I'll just let them, you know, guys that are sort of, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people that are sort of, you know, I don't want to say that they're not WWE names, but, you know, have had experience in wrestling, either working for WWE in their offices or, you know, working on the independence and stuff. Um, I want to try to have slots to give some of my writing friends showcases. Um, I want to take submissions, like just kind of an invite only kind of thing. And I want to sort of, you know, help my friends and help the people, honestly, that helped me. Cause I mean, it's been a, you know, it was a tough journey for me to get here and the people who sort of, you know, were on board before, like I was friends with a bunch of famous wrestlers and whatever, like, you know what I mean? Those are the guys that, you know, I'd like to be able to give back to that need some, you know what I mean? If, if I feel like if they need a little shine or what little platform I have, like if I can give them a signal boost and you know what I mean? I, I paid every, you know, I pay everybody. I pay better than a lot of small publishers do. Um, nice. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I definitely pay more than anybody that ever worked on the WWE comic, but, <laughs> um, but you know, Boom. I mean, I, uh, I just want to, you know, I guess I just want to try to do more tangible things in that way. So, and Lan, Lan, I, I've known Dan Housen forever and Lan had a, a bit of a relationship with him. So I was like, Hey man, you want to do this? You know, you want to come up with a story and they did. And it's uh, so that's the first, uh, the first, you know, I mean, I've said, still like the editor on it i guess but right i uh that's the first story that i did not co-write um that's awesome right on so i'm just trying to i don't know trying to do more i guess it's, if I can. i've known land for six or seven years we've been friends for quite a few and then when i was at GameSpot full-time just like come come right with us come right with us uh yeah. as as a comic book writer and as an interviewer land is and this i guess is more talking to the audience listening to this uh, a phenomenal writer like his stuff at the boom studios wwe is some of my favorite aside from uh like the new day stuff uh but he, he's just a fantastic writer so i would um you listening at home i'm already gonna tell you to, i'm already gonna tell you to kickstart the headlock comics i like it so much i really appreciate the work that mike does in all this but the land get the land stuff too get that land stuff <laughs> that's my terrible pitch <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I've been, I just, you know, I guess ultimately I just want to make comics for my friends. Yeah. And hopefully that, you know, we can find enough of an audience to, to mm -hmm. keep doing that. Um, and then my second question was like, of the people you mentioned, there are WWE, like there are names from a bunch of different companies. There are names from the indies. How hard is it went for you to go out and like secure the ability to do this with everyone? Because like, I would imagine like, yes, maybe working with a people like Kaz, maybe maybe some of the indie names, it's a little bit easier. But then when you also want to mix in like, like WWE contract names like AJ Styles, that seems like you it might be a bit more difficult. So I mean, I've done stories with guys that are under WWE contract. Mm -hmm. I did this story with AJ before he went to WWE. So. It's oh, a wow. collected edition, so all the stories aren't brand new. Okay, um, okay. So it's an older story that we did. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've done stories with guys under WWE contract. Like, I kind of just – I don't know if they just – I fly under the radar because of, you know, the involvement of so many guys or I have a good mm -hmm. reputation there or if I'm just so, you know, uh, small that I don't register. But, I mean, I say that, but they've definitely – they've. They've messed with me weird in weird ways. Like, 
so like i'll you know i'll do a show with lawler and i'll send a picture of lawler to the show and like i after a while like you, you can always find out when they get new trademark guys because they get like really aggressive they're like wwe owns this picture of jerry lawler you can't use it to promote a non-wwe appearance and we're like dude he's under contract with you like why would you why would you be difficult oh, and then eventually it eases up but like yeah. that's what so you can always kind of tell when they switch trademark internet trademark hunters because they get super agreed you know like just aggressive so. lovely lovely <laughs> but uh yeah this is a fun it's a real fun collection um all the stories are you know they're different stories some of them are adapted from real life some of them are just completely out there um some of them have elements of real life stuff in them um the fourth the the most of the stories like i said have been produced um so we do tales from the tales from the road for russell crate um so some of the stories have been produced there in single issue Mm -hmm. And then uh, some of them are from old uh, Headlock Kickstarter books. And then there's four brand new stories that we made. Um, the Danhausen story, the Effie story, which is our first silent story that we've ever done that I'm kind of kind of jazzed about. And um, the Danny Limelight story. And then uh, the Rob Van Dam story. This is second uh, sojourn through Tales from the Road. And we did a, uh, it's written in the style of like a 60s propaganda reefer madness type thing um and it's super fun it's not what you expect but it's great um and i feel like everybody's that's what's one of my favorites um jeff cobb's story is a lot of fun aj style story is a lot of fun um dan Housen's story is a lot of fun i think cardona and meyer story is basically toy story with wrestling figures um, i gotta i gotta be honest <laughs> with you i like their their podcast has become a pretty constant weekly listen for me like i like i I like those two guys together i I find them to be very entertaining together and just like my favorite wrestlers are the wrestlers who are wrestling fans first and foremost and like you can tell when someone just loves wrestling so much that like it still ignites that kid spark inside of them Sure. And like that's when I'm that's when I get really into it. And those are some of my favorite people to exhibit with. Um, mm-hmm. Shane Helms is like that. Like Shane's never lost his sort of spark as a fan. Um, Victoria Lisa Marie is like that. Just just love everything. Um, Thunder Rose is like that. Um, so those are I mean, there's definitely people that just don't have that sort of beaten down, jaded wrestler thing. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand the people that do get that too. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like Matt in particular, like, I mean, no one's done so much with so little. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got himself over on YouTube, basically built the WWE's YouTube network by himself. And, uh, you know what I mean? And then they, they, you know, didn't really push him to his abilities. And then, you know, he, re- he sort of reinvented himself again. And then he's, you know, he's made a business out of his action figure podcast and then the Dude, and now, stuff. And now they're legit re- like him and him and Myers have worked out a deal where they're releasing figures that are so high of quality through super seven that they make WWE's look terrible by comparison. Oh, yeah. We're going like, to do more stories too. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's God, what, I got, I just, I can't love enough people taking a hold of their own destiny and really just soaring with it. And as a, yeah, I mean, as as a person that's obviously tried to do that himself, like that's, 
you know what I mean? Like I have tons of respect, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, some of the guys that I've done stories with are like MVP, you know what I mean? Who basically sold his own gimmick to WWE Mm -hmm. never been done before. And, you know, Samoa Joe who like, you know, rejected the idea of being a, you know, the stereotypical Samoan and just did what he wanted. And, you know, Mustafa Ali, who's, you know, the story we did in in the first Tales from the Road is about him sort of rejecting the stereotypical heel roles that he's Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, that he, he was asked to play. Like I have so much respect for the, for the people that, that do the things that they want to do or, you know, or people that are able to reinvent themselves and pivot and not just be the, you know, just, just be one thing, you know, mm-hmm. I always think of that, uh, that Bill Hader Hollywood character on the roast of, uh, I think it was James Franco. He's like, you're like Daniel day Lewis of doing one thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, that always makes me laugh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Matt and uh, Brian and I are going to do more stories sort of probably under their branding versus, you know, because we did a Tales from the Road story where the, it's basically them as action, the their Stomp in Paradise action figures is like <laughs> the A-team of like action figures. So like when action figures run get in trouble, like they show up to, to sort that, of save the day. That's just a fun idea. Um, and I mean, like while I was sort of researching like what story we were going to do because that was i mean that was the thing we came up with and like i was just like i i came up with about 30 ideas so um Mm. and they've got ideas and i mean so we've talked about maybe trying to do like a quarterly book like do one for like new york san diego toy fair and then maybe like a holiday special or something like that oh cool Um, but uh they're super fun to collaborate with and that's the best i mean when the when the guys are easy and fun and i mean i've 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 not done stories with people because they were, you know, a guy who was released not too long ago. Like I thought, you know, I thought he'd be a good collab and we just didn't have chemistry. And I was just kind of like, eh, all right. You know, I guess we're not mm. doing this. Like, I don't want it to be forced. Um, but everything's I feel, been I feel like I know who you're talking about and it breaks my heart, but I'm not going to say. No, I, I don't think it's, yeah. I don't, it's probably not who you, it's, it's nobody we've, we've talked about interesting so interesting um but uh yeah it's just you know like frankie frankie kazarian loves comics you know what i mean like shad loved comics thunder mm-hmm. rosa loves comics um uh, you know they just it's interesting to me like aj to me like we did the wwe comic together for the royal rumble special and we did this and like he's such an easy collaboration mm-hmm. probably paid me one of the best compliments ever when he, was, he, he told me at one point he, we were uh He's like, man, he goes, I wish I could bring you in as like my personal guy. Like, you know, like Brian Gewirtz was for The Rock. Uh, like, that was really cool. I mean, I was really high very, praise. Yeah, that's good. You know? He's like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it feels very generational to me where like, it's fun that like the wrestlers can openly be nerdy and love comics and toys and like, I feel like you you would if you tried to mount something like this in even the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s you wouldn't have been able to get nearly as much support from the boys Mm. uh, I mean but there's always this Rob and you know Raven and Helms and Mm. a lot of the you know Daniels a lot of the guys that I did work with um you know what I mean like there's it's just about like one of the fun things that that this is sort of brought out in me is that you know like i've discovered all these wrestlers that have art skills that you know what i mean nobody would have known about um Hmm. you know tugboat did a piece of art for me um tony atlas booker t did pieces of art like ken anderson 
like not necessarily people that you would think have have skills yeah. you know what i mean like the people there's not a there's not a huge market for you know wrestlers doing comic book art so you know what i mean like when i oh my people, god there should be though right the people <laughs> come to me and they're like hey i you know i'd love to you know the first thing that ken anderson ever said to me i met him at san diego comic-con bro can i do a pinup for you i'm like sure um <laughs> and like i'm like you know whatever whatever it is it's gonna be entertaining like you know but he's uh you know so it was it's cool a uh, sin Bodhi did you know and he had drawn an indie comic mm-hmm. for years um it's called i think fred the angry flower maybe or something like that mm-hmm. um or bob the angry flower i don't remember now but like you know what i mean he makes uh he makes uh uh like custom action figures um it's just cool you see the, like a lot of these guys just have you know an artistic soul and i just I don't think it was ever sort of explained. You know what I mean? I think it was easier to explain to guys, hey, we're working the marks and it sounds better. But you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you're just storytellers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not working the marks any more than, you know, Sylvester Stallone is convincing you that he killed all those people in Rambo. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a, you know what I mean? Like I feel like you just put a different sort of spin on it and you're gone from working the marks to, you know, telling the marks some stories. And uh, that's, uh, I don't know. It's it's been a fun uh, it's been a fun little journey. Uh, and make sure if you're interested on the Kickstarter, we'll have news on that on our Twitter and probably retweeting Michael a lot. Uh, that is November 11th that it ends. There are mm. numerous uh, tiers that you can back uh, from digital copies to physical copies, uh, art prints, oh, yeah. and more. I yeah I I saw it. You got you're offering some like killer rewards with this thing. Oh yeah, we have all kinds of cool signed stuff and merch, and um, I mean, we allow people to be drawn into uh, on the cover as wrestlers or characters in the book, and we make like a pinup of them. Um, okay, how much do Matt and I have to donate to get us drawn in as ringside commentators at a wrestling match? I mean, in this particular book, it's all closed up. No, but, yes, I'm assuming you can't reopen the current books. But, but uh, in in a future Kickstarter, if you just create a special tier for Matt and I, and yeah. we'll like and like and, and we'll get like a digital copy of it, and then we'll because then we could show our parents, and it's like, hey, we made it. Hey, I'm not a failure. <laughs> hey, there's a ton of people. Like show one it of to things, our bosses, and be like, this has all been worth it, you guys. I mean, one of the things that I love though is is like people who supported me. You know, I mean, there's people who, I mean, who put like a ton of money into my Kickstarters, you know, mm. people who I never met before that. That's so that, crazy that, you know, I mean, they, and I, and I've been able to incorporate them into the books, like their likenesses and stuff. Oh. And like, I love that. And then like, you know, stuff like you make ancillary products, like, so champions of the galaxy did like a little headlock expansion set when we did the hard way. And some mm. of the characters that, w- that were in there were characters that had sort of, you know what I mean? That had paid to become characters in the book. Oh, so wow. now, like, not only are you in this comic, like, you're also in Champions of the Galaxy and stuff. And I try to, I try to give that kind of value to people that are helping me. That you know, I mean, help yeah. me when I need it the most. Um, and uh, you know, I that I love that about everything that we do. Like, it has that sort of grassroots sort of. That's you know, so fun. Yeah. But uh, it's it makes me uh, it makes me happy. And we've got. Uh, We've got stories, you know, we do the, the Tales from the Road stuff in the in the crates, and I've got seven of the next eight months, six of the next, seven of the next eight months lined up oh, with wow. uh, collaborations. 
So next month we're doing a story. I haven't announced it yet. I put on my newsletter today, but we're doing a collaboration with uh, the former Iconics now, the, uh, the inspiration, the inspiration. And it's a, uh, it's a body positivity story filtered through a nightmare on Elm street. So, Oh my God. Awesome. Um, so it's cool. Like we're, we've been able to, that's tell... so, that just sounds good. It's, I mean, it's the biggest story we've done. It's going to be 20 pages. Um, and Doug is probably to me, I think he's doing the best art of his career on it. Um, he's doing the whole thing. He's just like, he's like, I want to color this too. I'm like, well, you know, our deadline's tight. He goes, I know, but I'll get it done. And, um, and it's good. And we've got a real special Christmas story coming up next month um, or in December with uh, it's got a celebrity tie-in and a wrestling tie-in. Um, and that's Robocop. Can't um, wait. And then uh, I got a, another silent story that I'm doing with Jerry for February. That's an ode to the wrestling journeyman. Um, wow. And it's going to be cool. Um, so I don't know. We, I, I feel like we really kind of hit our stride with tales from the road and i'm just in love with the stuff that we're making and i just really want i want people to check it out because i i feel like the people who do like it you know almost universally love it or at least they're nice enough not to shit on me publicly um <laughs> i guess that's all you can hope for i mean i see the the the, the stuff that a lot of my friends and in, in both both fandoms get uh, get from people and i really haven't gotten anything mm-hmm bad so i guess at least if people don't like it they're nice enough to keep it to themselves but <laughs> for the most part i feel like most of the you know most of the people that sign on come back and i think a lot of the people who you know people who who read it they seem to like it it's just getting people over that line you know to to sort of take the leap that's awesome and it's at you could they can find you obviously it is if i'm remembering correctly it's just twitter.com slash headlock comics yes yeah everything is headlock comic it's one word facebook Twitter, instagram youtube it's all me um so that's uh you know i i'm open to you know if people got questions or people want to know about the books um one of the other things I've, i've taken on as part of my sort of trying to give back sort of thing is you know i had a difficult journey to get to where i'm at um so I've been doing uh, breaking into comics panels, you know, so much of what people consider to be comics is such a narrow definition of what comics is. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of gatekeeping in comics. And I think I slammed into all the gates when I started, <laughs> um, but you know, like I think any web comic artist, you know, be like, oh, web comics aren't real comics and digital comics aren't real comics and whatever. But like, you know, it's words and pictures and it's, it's insane to me that like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if Scholastic woke up one day and we're publishing, you know, Marvel and DC numbers, they'd probably go out of business. You know what I mean? Like, but we don't mm-hmm. talk about them. We don't talk about them as comics. We just talk about superheroes in the same way that we don't talk about wrestling. We talk about WWE. So like, I've been trying to do these panels with people to try to encourage, you know, people come up to me all the time and they say, hey, you know, I had an idea for a comic that was just like The Walking Dead. And I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm not going to say this to disparage The Walking Dead because I like it. I have all the trades, I have all the singles and I've watched the show, but like, it's not Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, people, you know what I mean? Like stories, you know what I mean? Like I'm a, I have a biochemistry degree and I manage truck drivers and warehouses. I taught myself how to make comics. You know what I mean? People can do that. Like it's within your purview to, or your power to do it if it's something that you want to do. So I try to, I try to inspire the next generation of people to just make stuff and not, 
necessarily be scared of the narrow definition of comics on the internet as being mm-hmm. like, you know, if you don't ever write Spider-Man, you didn't really make comics. Cause I mean, like, I don't even exist in comics to a certain extent. I mean, I don't put my stuff in diamond. I'm not a comicsology. Like we just do our thing and, you know, people find us. Um, but you know what I mean? And I've made six trades and going to probably have $150,000 in Kickstarter money and whatnot. So I, you know what I mean? If you want to make comics and you love comics or whatever, like I try to give people the tools to do what works best for you. Cause you know what I mean? Like people probably can't do it. You know what I mean? I, I worked two jobs for almost a year to pay for my first set of books, my print run and my art and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe that's not something you can do, but there's ways that people can, you know, that you can make mm-hmm. comics. So I try to give people the tools to, to make stuff creatively. Cause once you get started, you know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's momentum. You know what I mean? You stick at it, you, you, you stick with it and whatever. So I'm doing that. I'm actually doing it at San Diego this year. It's a special edition. I'm very excited about. Um, oh, I just, fun. I just did it at New York because uh, they booked my wrestling and comics panel head up of the AEW main stage. I'm like, <laughs> literally one one hour that you could not have booked my panel and you booked it at but i don't want to put i don't want to make people you know i don't like to make people make choices and stuff so that i was able to switch it into my breaking into comics panel which i was excited for i'm doing it in emerald city and uh you know whether or not you know i mean it's not wrestling you know what i mean like if you don't it has nothing to do with wrestling i mean we'll talk about wrestling obviously because that's what i babble in obviously but i want people to you know be able to come and do their uh do their stuff and, well yeah and, it's just, i feel like in general like it's it's the it is we are in the era of the content creator like you the technology and communication has gotten to a point where you can openly collaborate and create with people easily sure. you I can if you have an idea it's going to take work but sure. it can be done well that's the thing it's never been easier to make it it's yeah. probably never been harder to find your audience yes. just because you're, you know what I mean? Like you're, you know, I always tell people like, you're not competing. Like I'm not competing against Superman or Spider-Man or even the AEW TV show or whatever. I'm competing against Fortnite and cat videos on YouTube and anything that takes people's time and attention. I mean, you're competing with everything. So you have to make sure that, you know what I mean? The thing that you, you have to say is, you know, interesting enough for people to pay attention to it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, if it's just your version of the X-Men, like, I don't know, why is it different? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why are people going to read your version versus the X-Men like that they can read forever and for much cheaper or whatever? Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's that kind of stuff, like getting people to know where to start, because there is no real path to make comics, and there's no real, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, you could go to the Coolidge School, I guess, and whatever, but I, there's no real path to do it, um, and I just want people to sort of, you know, have some rough directions in different places that they could start if they want to make mm-hmm. stuff. Because it's it's been, I mean, honestly, it's been the most fulfilling thing I've done in my life. You know, I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years and, you know, I, I started making comics when I was 34. And I mean, it, you, know, you generally don't think of those years as your best years, but those have been my best years of my life. Right um, making comics, hanging out with my friends, making friends, having people who I respect like something that i've created like it's been cool and i mean anybody can do that you know i mean Mm -hmm. and i just want to you know i try to get people fired up for it nice (laughs) right on man 
Well, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, as mentioned, we'll have all the links for the Kickstarter there for you to check out. Uh, we'll drop them in the uh, episode description as well. Uh, you, you said it goes on until November 11th? Yeah, but, you know, don't wait till the end, guys. No, no, no. no go no. Go, it, go, now. It, like That stuff makes to, me... Yeah. It, it's. I mean, as it's, it's good as this has been, and I, I mean, it's been, Kickstarter has been life-changing. I mean, it's atrocious for my mental health. So, <laughs> I mean... yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when, like you, you get to a milestone. Like the other night I was at 198 and I just wanted to get over 200. And it's a dumb, arbitrary number, but I'm just there and I'm like, come on. And like, I'm just, you're staring at it. It's just not moving yeah. or tweeting or posting or whatever. And like, you know, people are reading it and you're like not backing it. And then like, I was like, if somebody had canceled the pledge, like while I was looking at it. And you see it go down. Yeah. I probably would have deleted the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's, I gain like 15 pounds of stress weight every time I do one of these, you know what I mean? And I mean, I'm at a point now where, I mean, I'm pretty confident my stuff is going to fund and we'll get to make it, but like, it's still just, it's nerve wracking. Cause you're just on display, you're up for judgment and you want people to, you want people to want to, to see your stuff and, and to read it and to have it come out. So, so yeah, back so, now, so yeah, make Mike stay better. <laughs> Go down to the episode description and click the link and like throw some money at it because you're going to get <laughs> like dope ass comics and you might end up with like cool rewards on top of that. The, yeah. Like si- prints, signed things, merch, everything. I got, like, prints, I got a print signed by Undertaker. We've got, uh, mm-hmm. I've got a tier where you can get an Undertaker print and a Sting print, both signed by the guys. Um, we've got... Uh, I've got a print that we did for NEW that's like a Suicide Squad thing that's signed by like Cody and Darby and Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti and Matt Hardy and Private Party. Yeah, this stuff sounds awesome. Go, go, uh, go, go, su- go cool support stuff. this now. And like at the end of the day, in addition to all that, you get a cool set of comics. And if nothing else, you know what I mean? Like you get a digital book for 15 or, you know, you can get an yeah. old school, an old an old headlock comic trade for 10 so i mean we have affordable tiers for everybody you're not going to get a bad thing from us like everything is cool as shit if i can toot my own horn <laughs> awesome all right well thank you very much mike and uh good luck i guess yeah. I don't, saying good luck sounds really bad but like <laughs> but honestly no, all it's the all- luck twitter.com slash headlock comic instagram.com slash headlock comic facebook yeah facebook youtube the whole nine yards, all so. of it Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Michael Kingston, for coming on. Uh, Make sure to check out the Kickstarter for Headlock Tales on the Road Volume 2. That is, uh, you are available to place your bets by November 11th, but do it sooner than later. No, you're available to kick your starts. You're available to start your kicks. Yeah. uh, Until November Uh, 11th. As as mentioned uh, in the interview, just look at the episode description of this episode. We will have a link to the Kickstarter. You could go, you could follow it, you could donate to it, you give it all your money and get like pictures of The Undertaker and whatnot in return. It'll be great. Also featuring GameSpot writer Lan Pitts. Lan Pitts, who got a lot of who got a lot of ink, as they say in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, in this in this interview, or audio ink. You wanna you wanna know a fun a fun Mad Elfring fact, Chris? You probably already knew this. I was a comic book writer a long time ago. I did know that. You did know that. Yeah. Do you want to know a fun Chris Hayner fact, Matt Elfring? While we talked about Lan in the interview, I was messaging Lan about some stories that he's writing for me. Oh. 
like he brought up land i was like oh that's right i need to message land so while we were talking about that i was also like hey land what's going on with this stuff and he's like it's coming soon i'm busy writing a comic with dan Housen, which was already produced which is very good and also very evil somehow oh we did it we got some fun things coming up in the next couple of weeks. Things are brewing right now in my emails, Chris. <sighs> oh, we're doing it. We're making things happen, Chris. We, Chris like, we, we like to have fun. Chris, big, big things happening for Chris next week. Yeah, Huge I'm things. not here. Ha ha. I think we're recording early, though, because I might I'm, be. I'm moving coasts. You are moving from one coast to the other. You are saying goodbye to, to tupac California. and hello to notorious big nope 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 i actually had a discussion about this with a friend this weekend i am moving to the west coast of florida so like it's still throw up the w hand symbol and mm. everybody has like legally has to understand that i'm a tupac guy okay how do you feel about the wu-tang clan oh who doesn't love the wu-tang clan i don't know what monsters are like the wu-tang clan ew that's a real question for our listeners who doesn't love the wu-tang seriously that's something i want who does not like you, you know you know what i have to say about the wu-tang clan and their albums bring the ruckus five stars or get off our back oh make sure to rate us on apple uh, podcasts or wherever you can rate us five stars or get off our backs rate us in person if you see us out in the world um yeah so uh make sure you want to ask us some questions throw it up on the old uh twitter, twitter wrestle buddies. yeah at wrestle buddies send us your questions we like matt and i honestly love doing a mailbag we want to get to the point where we could just do a day of mailbaggy nonsense unfortunately we keep forgetting to post on twitter because we have we keep forgetting jobs. to open the mailbag yes and we keep forgetting to tweet things in general um we're gonna fix that i promise also, I, you know, forgot that I wanted to do an episode where we talked about Escape the Undertaker from Netflix, which I reviewed. That's right. We never did that. I gave it a six or a five. I gave it a five out of ten. It That's wasn't great. I, I'm, ex- I'm going to watch it at some point. Yeah, you got to watch it. I mean, you got to watch it. The New Day is fantastic. It also is very much my kind of thing. And it also seems like something we would talk about. Yeah, it, very much so. Um, but we will see you guys next week with a brand new episode. That's right. We're not we're not the Stone Cold podcast, which releases old episodes every single week now, which is super weird to me. Well, his his podcast ended. I know, but they still release old episodes every week. Oh yeah, that's fun. Who cares? We give you new episodes every week. I thought about us releasing an old episode, re-releasing. But just, we're not, just give them Robocop again. I was gonna go Apostomania. Oh yeah, we should release re-release like, Pasta Mania. We could can we remaster Pasta Mania in Dolby Surround Sound and then release that on like a vinyl record? Can we do audio commentary over the Pasta Mania episode? <laughs> well, I really liked how I said Hulkaroni here. See you next week, Christy. Final words. Five stars or get off our back, baby. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.